Welcome to the First Issue Club comic book podcast. I'm Mike D. I'm Greg. And we're both here to do what? Talk about comics. It's a wonderful thing. I'm the little lord of spec. Little Lord Speckleroy. <laughs> and I'm here to talk about all the great comics buzz. Well, there's not much specking this week, unfortunately. Oh, no. I mean, the Justice League did die. Yeah, that's true. So that's a pretty big spec. Uh-huh. But in the same way that <laughs> Superman died back in the 90s. Yes. They'll eventually be back. Um, but in the meantime, we get a bunch of cool uh, different heroes to take up their mantles yep. while they figure out what's going on with the Justice League and what happened to them. And um, it's a whole thing. I'm not, this isn't like an event that I'm like, don't even care about. This and like Avengers versus Externals, Eternals and X Men just do not float my boat. Oh. Uh, so I buy, like, every X-Men book, right? hmm And seeing that show up on previews last night when I submitted my order, I was like, don't make me buy this. <laughs> they are. <laughs> and, but the writer's Kieran Gillen, right? I know. And I, I really know. like him. But I was like, if I get this, do I need to get the tie-ins? It was very vague as to which title was, like, the actual book that starts it off. Right. Too, so I wasn't sure like if I was gonna buy one, which one was I gonna buy? So I ended up buying two, and then all the books are tie-ins. So I was like, I might as well. Um, and then they've got me wrapped up in the normal Marvel rigmarole. Have you noticed that Marvel has do- is doing like two to three events a year now? Does that seem like a lot or a little? A lot. A it's, lot. Okay. It seemed to me like there used to be one just big thing. one a year. And now they're just really doubling down on it all. Well, you remember they chilled out on X-Men for a while, right? Oh, for sure they did. And yeah. right after Age of X-Men, when well, Jonathan Hickman was getting ready to take over, they're like, okay, cool it on everything for a while. Well, no, well the, even before Age of X-Men, wasn't there kind of like a hiatus on a couple X-Books before Gold and Blue started oh, up again? Yeah, I think you're right. There was like this weird lull with X-Men stuff. Was, was it after, like, Grant Morrison just left or something? There was also a lull with Fantastic Four, and people speculated that Marvel didn't want to make a ton of comics mm-hmm. to fuel the Fox movies. That's true. Yeah, I remember reading that. They wanted to switch some of the influence to Inhumans. Inhumans. So they did, like, Uncanny Inhumans and tried to make a big play there, and we weren't getting all the crazy amounts of X titles we normally get. Mm-hmm. All that to say... I think that's a big reason why it feels like Marvel's doing bigger cross-title stuff because mm-hmm. X-Men does a couple a year, and before we just we didn't have anywhere near the number of X-Men books right a couple years ago that we have. Right so now, now that Disney and Marvel own both All Fantastic Four and X-Men, now they're like, okay, now we can keep going with events. People say to people say all the time that like comics don't influence like their decision on the movies and the movies don't influence the decisions in the comics. Obviously, the comics inspire the movies, right? Yeah, well, but mm-hmm. when we're talking about the amount of money the movies make, everyone's like, who fucking cares? Like, <laughs> like about the comic <laughs> books, right? I think... Like, well, I, I say that's especially true if um, people are like, wow, you know, people didn't like Thor 2, so... 
Yeah. They canceled the Thor comic. Like I don't <laughs> think I don't think any of that stuff's true. Get rid of Thor now. I think all that stuff is like coincidence when like a story arc or a writer stops because I will, a movie didn't perform. I will well. agree totally to a point. I think if like let's say um like Iron Man the movie was doing really really well. Um and so Marvel was just like, well, we may not get regular movie fans in the comics, but comic book readers kind of now want to read more Iron Man comics. So let's make yeah. some more Iron Man comics and Iron Man uh you know tie-ins or whatever cuz I remember when the Iron Man movie came out in 2011, you know, all of a sudden he was getting two to three books a year as well and like you didn't really see that beforehand. No, he was a character no one really gave a shit about. Yeah. And now he's like top of the heap. Yeah. Especially with that Christopher Cantwell series going on right now. Isn't that funny how many of these characters were just total B-listers or even D-listers? Yeah. And now they're like the guys. I mean, we have a fucking Moon Knight TV show right now. Yeah, that's wild. That is batshit crazy. Mm -hmm. And we have a, a supposedly a Scarlet Witch movie coming. Yeah. It's just like uh, Marvel's is like dreg dragging the like lake. Dredging the lake of just like who else can we fish out of there and like m make popular and make some money off of completely. So speaking of Moon Knight, yes, are you up to date? Mostly, mostly. We we've watched four. Episodes. I've watched up to episode four. Yeah, I haven't seen the latest one. Uh, thoughts? I'm loving it so far. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll, okay. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm not like, oh my god, <laughs> it's changing TV. Oh, of course not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like it. If I had to put it in my rankings among other Marvel movies and TV shows, sure. Let's it, just do Marvel TV shows. It would be somewhere in the middle. In the middle, okay. I th I've heard some people say that they love this and it's like really up high with their faves, and, mm -hmm. and that's it's not the case for me. I think. Oscar Isaac is running a goddamn class in front of us on how to act uh -huh. in multiple personalities at the same time. That is impressive. He is kicking that role's ass. Yeah. Are we getting into spoilers at all in this conversation or no? Um. Yes, we are. Spoilers ahead. Okay. Turn it off or or see skip in about ahead, a minute like, or so. A, yeah, maybe a couple more minutes. Uh, Fifteen. <laughs> Fifteen minutes. <laughs> Um, we'll put it in the show description, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, so did you note there was the coffin or something in the latest episode that didn't open? The third sarcophagus, yes. So there's a, well, there's a third personality. Yes. Right? Jack Lockley? Or is Jake, that what it is? Jake is that Lockley? the cab driver? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know there's one other personality, but I, yeah. I always forget, like- And the, I'm not a Moon Knight stan uh -huh. or whatever, so I'm not- Totally clear on the whole mythology of it all, but the third one I believe is the taxi driver named yep. Jack mm -hmm. or Jake. I don't. It's someone with a J. Yeah, I've I've read most of the modern or recent ones. Mm -hmm. I haven't read the Jed McKay one. Oh, the newest one. That's the newest one. Yeah, but I read all the ones that Greg Smallwood did the art on. Yeah. the Jeff Lemire, mm -hmm. the Cullen Bunn. Um, a couple other people in there, I think, that switched on and off. Mm -hmm. um, and those books were phenomenal. Yeah. They were really great. Declan Shavley was oh, right, 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 right. doing it for a little while. Yeah. Um, those books were really cool. And I knew that this show 
or I'd been like teased or saw something in a preview where I knew it was going to ultimately get to the storyline where he's in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I completely forgot about it until we got to episode four. Right. Right. I was really surprised to be like, oh, we're starting now. And there's this is like a six part series. It's only six. Yeah. So it's like, man, the thing's almost over. And we like just got to the hospital. That's kind of wild. I thought I just always assumed it was going to start there. It is for as how how long the series is. It is moving kind of slow mm-hmm. as far as like, well, what is gonna happen in these last two episodes? Really, that's really gonna, yeah, you know, shock us. Mm-hmm. Like it seemed like with Loki, they traveled so much and did so much in a short amount of time, and even with Scarlet Witch and Vision, they yeah. did a lot in a short amount of time. I like it. Seems like e- even though it's a great show, Moon Knight's kind of. Just spinning its wheels, just getting you comfortable that there are three people living inside of this one person. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I am loving it. I, it's a show that, um, you know, I'm not staying up late on Tuesday night yeah. to watch. Yep. But by Friday, I look I'm ex- at- Yeah, I'm I, excited to watch it yeah. when the new one's on. Yeah, yeah, like Friday, I'm looking at Caitlin, I'm just like, oh shit, we have a new Moon Knight to yep. watch, and that's what we do. So, And it's crazy that like we've learned, uh, on Twitter at least, they're just like, the spoilers don't have to happen the mm-hmm. the minute you watch the episode. Like people have just kind of like let them sit for a while. So that's been nice to see that people have learned their lesson of just like oh yeah, not everyone has to speculate and spoil it the minute they see it. So. Yeah, that's great. Kudos to all of you. The graphics are fantastic as well. Oh, just fucking bonkers. So how do you feel? We were kind of like um, being like mm, not sure about the outfit and costume and stuff. Before we saw mm-hmm. the show, how do you feel about it now that you've seen the show? I definitely prefer the Mister Knight suit. Yes, with like the cuffs rolled up, way more than the traditional Moon Knight Same. costume. Because the, I mean, it is cool that it like encompass, encompasses like Egypt's mythology and like kind of like a mummy wrapping and all that. Yeah, for the traditional Moon Knight costume, that's cool. But like, there's something just so rad and slick about that white suit with the like Deadpool looking mask that's all white that just looks so mean. I agree. I like it. I like how that one's really modern and I wish the other one felt more ancient. Yes. Like it's kind of weird. Like one's like the suit is almost more dialed down to earth mm-hmm. because it's like normal cloth. Yeah, like he made it. <laughs> and it's just weird to have this like ancient deity wrap you in this magical outfit but the magical outfit is like textured like kevlar Mm -hmm. and is like embossed with like goofball symbols like it's it's the outfit's a little corny to me Mm -hmm. still because even like in the comics you look at it and you're like this is like a spandex cloth suit he's wearing yeah but now when you look at it in the show you're like that's like a batman suit it does feel a lot like Batman, doesn't it? And so, um, which I also watched. Oh, the did Batman. you really? Yes. Okay. How was it? You have haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I, I know it's on HBO, which we have. Did Humble you Brag. go on a podcast to review it? No, that was Morbius. Oh, that was Morbius. Okay. <laughs> which I did have to submit myself okay. to go to a theater and sit through. Out of ten, what do you give Morbius? Oh, like a two, dude. It <laughs> oh, was no. rough. Oh, really, really rough. They even got like all of his background wrong somehow. Yeah. I hate being these nerds who are just like, I didn't like this or that about the show. Um, but I, I do want to emphasize, I really enjoy 
Moon Knight, and I'm dumb for complaining about it, but we're we're trying to have a conversation. And yeah, I mean, we can, you so can still have complaints and yeah opinions about a show, even if you many gripes. Overall, everyone involved, you did a great job. Yeah, the the <laughs> Batman, um, I have the same take most people have, was just that like maybe an hour too long. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like dramatic pauses in it. There's there's during the beginning sequence. Robert Pattinson stares at a bunch of people for a really long time. And then they have a moment later in the movie where you're like, that's why he's staring at people so long. But it just doesn't validate the time they wasted with him staring at people. So it's just like, okay, I know that's supposed to be like a payoff moment for this thing that you made me ask myself. But I was just like, didn't need it. No, It, It really could have been like an hour shorter i think i can't wait to watch the topher grace edit then (laughs) um i will say though that if they would have done this as like a six-part series and broke it up into oh it would have won like a million awards six half hour episodes people would have been like yes (laughs) give me more i think the whole philosophy around it would have completely changed like, if I knew I was going into it and it was a show, mm-hmm. I probably would have been like, ooh, I'm hooked. I'm going to binge, like, three episodes, yep. and then I'm going to turn it off, and I'll watch more later. But because it's a movie, I feel like I've got to sit down for the last hour and a half, mm-hmm. which is just a lot of time to sit down. Oh, yeah. Whether you're in a theater or in your house or whatever. Um the movie just went on and on, but uh, Paul Dano was fantastic in it. Um, what's his face? It was it Colin Colin Farrell, Farrell that plays the penguin, like uh-huh. completely disappears. Like you just cannot tell it's him. It's wild. I heard that he may be getting an HBO series. Oh, to be the penguin? Yeah, that would be cool. So um, I'm excited to watch it 30 minutes at a time when my son is asleep. Yeah, and get through it. Yep. Uh, I heard people love that Batman is like a real detective mm-hmm. in this movie instead of just like what we've been getting the last few iterations of Batman. Yeah, it's I like that Robert Pattinson has like on human frame too. <laughs> you know, like Christian Bale was just like so fucking massive. Yeah. And just seemed like a powerhouse, right? Where right. Where, like, you, you see him on the street out of costume, you're like, that's that, fucking that Batman. That guy's a superhero. He has yeah. the stride of Batman. <laughs> yeah, he's just massive. Um, but, yeah, Robert Pattinson seems like a Bruce Wayne type. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, the, like, I think kind of like those older ones where he was, like, supposed to be, like, rich playboy and spoiled. They don't, they don't lean into that. Really at all in in the last like handful of runs, right? No, uh-uh. you don't see much of Bruce Wayne going to like galas and yeah, do, womanizing. Sh- yeah, right, doing shit like that. Um, and, and the movie's not really like that either. But um, in any case, I thought he was great too. It was so great performances all around. Um, Zoe Kravitz was really good in it as oh, well. Sweet, yeah, she was Catwoman, and yeah, yeah. her character was so fun, but. You know, n- n- none of the faults of people in the movie. Their performances were great. Just um, the the story. It was just a lot to sit through. Yeah, 
Okay. I mean, I think that's the complaint I've been hearing, too. Last hour of it's great. It's worth seeing. I would, like, I would say completely watch oh, it. I'm definitely going to get around to it. It's just yeah. a matter of carving out the time to sit and watch it. Mm-hmm. Well, I did purchase the tickets for Doctor Strange, too. You already bought tickets. When is that coming out? Like a week and a half. Are you shitting From me? From this recording, really? yeah, like a week and a half. This is one I'm having a hard time with. Because I know spoilers are going to be abound. Mm-hmm. Just because it is such like a with the multiverse thing, there's just going to be so much stuff being thrown at us. Yeah, and we've already got the um, Professor X voice in the trailer, yeah. so we know something's happening there. For isn't it weird that like this is a sequel to like the a doc, the Doctor Strange movie, uh-huh. but it feels like an Endgame or Infinity War type Avengers event happening. Like so much is going to happen in this. Like you're yeah, dealing with the like, multiverse. You think the stakes are too high? Yeah, to to put it in like a Doctor Strange sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I really, really do. Yeah, I'm exhausted by the crossover stuff already, and it's like barely mm-hmm. started. I'm hoping like this is it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I really think like the surprise. It's from another movie. Shit. Um, yeah, like they fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Strange fixes it in this one. I kind of hope so. And then it's like done and we don't have to talk about it anymore. That'd be fantastic. I mean, we could probably keep America Chavez because- Yeah, sure. Because she's going to be like I mean, an it, up and coming Marvel it, hero like, now. I, and I would consider like if you introduce a character in it, mm-hmm. um, that, that's an MCU character. Yeah. Oh, for right? sure. My problem is, is like they're pulling shit that's like weird fan service- that a lot of people are just like, who's that guy? When I mean, like, uh, like hyper nerds and like dudes who are like forty, yeah, are like, oh, Topher Grace, like, yeah, oh my god, did he, you see that he cameo? Show, like, if Topher Grace showed up in this, so cool. Algobomber. <laughs> <laughs> but for most, for like younger anyone younger than us, they're just like, I don't care, I don't get that. Yeah. So, and, and it just doesn't do a lot for me. It's like a kind of a trick, and it's fun the first time it happens, but you can only do that magic trick in front of me so many times before I'm like, okay, all the people are showing up. And it it all ties back to Loki introducing Kang uh-huh. because he is the time master trickster dude, and so we got our first taste of it in Loki. Spider-Man really went into it with the multiverse. With all the Spider-Mans. But it didn't acknowledge Kang at all, right? You're just saying it... Well, the guy at the end is supposed to be like... Ult- like alternate timelines? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking... Is it, though? What? The, well, the, the multiverse and timelines are two different things. Now, this is a nerdy conversation. Well, they're, but right? they deal because, with multiple timelines. Because... What's his butt? Um... Andrew Garfield Mm -hmm. isn't a variant, right? They're in their own places doing their own thing. They're not timeline splinters. True. They're multiverse characters, right? Kang doesn't necessarily care about them. But if they can get into... Does he? Because they exist. Oh, my God. I mean, Kangs of their reality might care about them. Okay, true. But not true, our true, Kang. True, 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 true. So then you're saying like the Spider-Man movie is like moot as far as like multiverse shenanigans? Or no, I think it is. I think it's a multiverse thing, not a timeline thing. Okay, 
So then you're saying so multiverse of madness is fallout and repercussions of the Spider-Man movie. I don't I see. Yeah, I don't okay. know that I see it what nece- you're saying now. I don't know that it necessarily ties in with Loki. Ties and what in with Kang Loki. Is doing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm on I'm on track. Yeah. Took a minute, but I got there. <laughs> but I think, but that does that not speak to how people are kind of confused? Oh, completely uh, about all of it anyway. Yeah. Because if I think this Doctor Strange movie is going to be a clusterfuck for people who aren't like hardcore for MCU. Yeah. Which if you're seeing it and you're not, then you're like somebody's date. <laughs> like me, mom, people aren't well, walking into Doctor Strange 2 looking for a good time. Yeah, I think there's an audience that goes to these things because it's like a popcorn movie. Right. But, but then they've seen all the other popcorn movies, which are the MCU movies. Do or, people or, do people who go and see these I don't know that that's true. I don't think okay. that I think you can be like, "Ooh, Benedict Cumberbatch, I like him." Right. And be like, "I'm going to go to this like dumb action movie." So But then that dumb yeah. action movie turns out to be like Inception with Marvel characters and you're just like, "What the fuck am I seeing?" I'm getting my money back. There there's I know they make these movies make like billions and billions of dollars. Mhm. But at the same time, I think there's a pretty big crowd for each that's just like, I'm going to the movies because I think Spider-Man is cool. Or I'm going to the movies because Chris Hemsworth is hot. Yeah. And don't necessarily care about the other ones as much where they catch like one every, one of every like four or five of these. So you're saying like the the popcorn seekers. Are going to hate this movie. Yeah. I think it's going to get pan just because it's like we're reaching a point of convolution mm-hmm. with these things that it's just over the top. And they think that like it's so big that it'll, it'll be explained what's happening and then it's just like no, no, no. You're being dropped into the middle of a thing. You probably need to watch some other stuff. <laughs> I mean if Patrick Stewart is going to be in it, Patrick Stewart's got to be what, like 85? <laughs> he keeps it tight. <laughs> he does his sit-ups. He's in that, it, he has a show right now, doesn't he? Picard, yeah. 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 He's That's doing fine. Insane. He's doing fine. He doesn't, I guarantee he's not going to be acting for much longer. Yeah. But um, it should be, I'm I'm excited to see it because I love chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what exactly it's going to be. Uh, the, gr- the graphics from the first Doctor Strange movie were really fun. Oh, so, yeah. And we're just going to get that like amplified. Yeah. So. I made. I think I made a tweet about how. Do we how... know what villains are going to be in this movie? I may be speculating. I think but... the main villain is Doctor Strange. Like, oh, uh, it's like evil Doctor Strange. Yeah, and that's possibly Scarlet Witch because oh, is she a bad guy. In it's this? the ramifications of her losing her kids too from WandaVision and oh, all that. So she's trying to go into a multiverse to find them. Yeah, because if you remember from the last episode of WandaVision, she gets the Darkhold, and she's like learning how to bring her kids back. Oh, I forgot about that. So I think it's like going to be a bait and switch of just like in the, in the first act we get Doctor Strange fighting all these variants and he's fighting his own variant and then yeah. you find out wait a minute Wanda's actually trying to bring her kids back uh-huh. and she's going to be like full baddie and that's going to fuck Doctor Strange he's going to be like trapped in the multiverse we'll see because America Chavez can travel between them with her star shaped par- portals. portals. That's her power. She's a multiverse hopper? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And she can punch really hard. 
<laughs> She's a good puncher. Fantastic. Yeah. For some reason, I thought she was just a teleporter, like uh, magic. But she's going uh, to other places. Mm-hmm, yeah, got it. I don't know. I don't know her motivation and her backstory is a little murky now because mm-hmm. they've kind of rewritten it a couple times and like her motivations. So yep. uh, we'll just see what happens. But I don't know if I'm going to see it in theaters. I want to avoid spoilers and stuff, which is going to be impossible. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I had such a bad experience the last handful of times I've gone to movie theaters. Last movie I saw in theaters was Spider-Man. Yeah, same. And it was fine. Uh-huh. The only problem was the other people in the theater. Yes, same with me. Annoyed the shit out of me. It was me. awful. Yeah. So, I yeah, I wish cuz we have a a place here in Kansas City called Screenland. Uh-huh. We we could just rent out a theater. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and I would have be six down. of us like just spaced out. I would do that. And uh Watch it silently. <laughs> yeah. I would love that, actually. That'd be so so rad. Yeah. Um, well, before we get into the episode. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about our favorite beer. The best beer. Space Camper Cosmic eyes. IPA from Boulevard Brewing Company, based in our own hometown of Kansas City, Missouri. Yum, yum. Give me some down in my tum-tum. It's a great IPA. Mm-hmm. Refreshing, hoppy. I was I was talking to someone today, and this is a true story that happened. I w- was talking about how I went to the Boulevard Rec Room yep. and tried their new Southwest Boulevard uh, um, uh, Mexican Lager. ale. Uh, ale, okay. And how good it was. And he was like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. You know what's really good? He said, he said Space Camper IPA. I swear to God that actually happened. Yeah. And I said- And you were like, do you know who I, I said, fucking am? I said, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> You ignorant piece of garbage. The number one spokesperson. <laughs> I they they put me on a throne of Space Camper. I'm like the king of Space Campers. Don't talk to me about how good Space Camper is. But I thought that was awesome that other people were just like, yeah, it's like my favorite beer right now, Space yeah. Camper IPA, because it's so fucking good, guys. Mm-hmm. Speaking of variants, it it comes in different flavors. Mm-hmm. You eat your Space Camper base, mix it with different hop types. Uh, you can get great variety packs. Love it. Speaking of Boulevard. Actually, before we get into our comic again, we keep postponing these comic book conversations. I swear to God, we're talking about comics. <laughs> uh, a Comic-Con happened in Kansas City this past weekend. Yeah. In which you attended. Mm-hmm. Boulevard normally makes a presence there. Did you hang out with our friends and fam at uh, Boulevard? Yeah, so I the, the booth was there. It yep. wasn't as big as last year's booth. Okay. But they had like a cool. Um, Last year they had like arcade games and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't do that this year. Okay. They had like a a cool dome uh-huh. area to hang out with that was like reminiscent of like uh, the Martian, like where you would go to like live on another planet. <laughs> yeah. So that was a cool Fun, uh, yeah. little booth or whatever. So they were there, and um, the con was cool. Um, Kansas City has dropped their mask mandate, yeah. which is like much of the country has as well. So. Uh-huh. It felt a little weird just, like, walking around. Like, some people didn't, some people did. Uh, comic prices have reflected inflation in the country <laughs> at the booths. And so that was not fun to, like, try to go shopping. and Yeah, be go like... shopping and fill holes in your collection or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, But I met James Tionion. Yep. He was there. Matt Kent was also there. And Jason Aaron, Scotty Young. Like, Good lineup this year. Totally. Totally, like amazing creator lineup for comic books. Uh, 
as far as like other guests that were there, like a bunch of anime voices this year. Yeah, a people ton. people love the an- anime voice casts. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know who they are. I don't think you do either. But nope. um, it is. It always blows me away how big of a line there is for some of these people. Um, so I, I took my cousin Nicholas, who yeah. you know, and he stood in line to meet the voice of Asako, Asaku, the the woman in Star Wars. Oh, okay. But it's the voice she's of her o- from the cartoon. She's orange. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It has like cool horn things or yep. whatever. He waited in line for an hour and a half. <laughs> paid a hundred bucks to get oh, a signature. A hundred dollars. A hundred. I, I told him, I was like, "That's great, bud." Like, I paid a hundred bucks to see Stan Lee. He goes, "He goes, oh, I thought that would cost a thousand dollars." So I kind of had to have a talk with him, talk with him about how money works at yeah, Comic Con. Right. Uh-huh. But um, it is crazy. It's a new fandom that I, it just skipped our generation. Yeah. Like, um, I don't. It's not a bad thing. It's just I I don't get it. It's just weird to think of the voice cast as like celebrities, and that's they're treated as like or people that you'd like seek out. Yeah, like think of the people like I'm trying to think of anyone who did a cartoon voice that I'd be like so stoked to meet. Like I wouldn't (laughs) because they don't write the shows. You know what I mean? No. Like if Mel Blanc was there and if he was still alive, like the voice of like Mm -hmm. Bugs Bunny. Like, fuck yeah, I'd be there to see that. <laughs> or, like, Tex uh, Avery, sure. But, like, the voice of, like, Luke Skywalker from Clone Wars? I don't give a shit who yeah. that is. Yep. Like, and you're right. Like, they don't have any part of writing it or creating the show. They're just reading lines. Yeah. It's so bizarre. I If you if, that, if that's your bag, go off, king and queen. Do what you got to do. But, like, not for me, dog. Mm-hmm. Especially an hour and a half wait. No, thank you. I think it is a generational thing. It totally, one hundred percent is. Yeah, I like it's everyone younger than us. I I don't know if I've I don't I don't really see dudes our age, women our age, hanging out in those mm-hmm. lines. No, I was bummed that Elvira had to cancel. Yeah, do you know why? So I did a little snooping uh-huh. on Reddit, and apparently. She has canceled every con appearance that isn't in California. Okay. Which is where she lives. Yeah. And there's speculation that, uh, you know, she's not comfortable with the mask mandates in other cities. Yep. There's also speculation that, like, she's sick or something or ill. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Hopefully down the line she can come back because I I love Elvira. Yep. And not for the two obvious reasons. (laughs) God. Um, I I think she is a cultural icon yes. and an LGBTQ like ally yep. in, in more ways than you can imagine. And she is from Manhattan, Kansas. Oh, I didn't know that. Where I am from. Very cool. So, you know, a little hometown pride there. Uh-huh. So the I was Mistress of the Dark. Uh, born on the Kanza Prairie. <laughs> so I was bummed I didn't, get, that I didn't get to see her. I actually have some Elvira comics I was gonna have her sign. Yeah. Um, I have the like the really cool one that Dave Stewart did, where it's like she's uh, they did an homage to like the Bewitched uh-huh. logo. So anyway, Elvira, if you're listening, I know you are. Can't wait to see you next time. But the con was cool. We did the panel about. Um, we hosted it like oh a, you a, and like Budget a, King yeah. yeah we did like a podcast meetup yep. like networking you know mm-hmm. let's exchange business cards and talk about what works for us and what doesn't work for us and you know. Yep, very cool. Yeah. 
Sounds like a con, if I've ever heard. In any other, <laughs> by any other name. All right. Um, I think we're going to get into a comic. Um, did you read The Naughty List on Aftershock? I did, yes. Okay. Do you want to talk about that one first? Yeah, let's go ahead. Okay. Um, this is a book that poses Santa Claus is a dude in his, what would you say, early 30s? Mm-hmm. Who doesn't age and wants to escape this hell of immortality that life has created for him. Right. <laughs> but And it's more like the drive to do good and create toys is like a curse. Like he's like driven to like making his hands bleed mm-hmm. to like create toys. Right. Um, really interesting, weird concept for a story about Santa Claus, but also entirely original. There's something very interesting about the fact that, like, I've seen several takes on Santa Claus as, like, a mythological figure in comics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with, like, Klaus and uh, this book. (laughs) There's a lot of, like, evil Santa Claus. Krampus, yeah, sure. Sort of things. Um I don't know what the fascination with that is, but it was, it was, ref- I hadn't seen this particular take where this guy makes like a wish on a star. When mm-hmm. you wish upon a star, you become Santa Claus. <laughs> and he gets cursed and outlives like his wife and his kids. Yeah. And then makes a deal with, this deal is so bizarre. He makes a deal with um, little people. Mm-hmm. That they can they can live on his land, and they'll work for him for him making toys. Yeah. Which? <laughs> Why? <laughs> and they're all just like, yeah, hell yeah. I was like, am I missing a part of this deal, or is this like <laughs> in the dent- deal? Are they like indentured this, servants? Are they indentured servants? I think you got. I mean, like, what's the benefit for them? It didn't seem great. On on uh, old Sinter Claus's <laughs> That's a bum deal. Side. Um, and then it just gets more, like, I thought it was funny that it gradually got more and more out of hand. Like, it starts as, like, I had this drive to create toys and blah, blah, blah. And you think that he's going to stay this, like, it's going to stay like a small folklore story. But then they <laughs> introduce uh, reindeer that, like, respawn when they die. <laughs> <laughs> so so every time one of his, his, his reindeer go kaput, uh, another one just magically shows up and they can fly. And there's like rename it like, like Vixen 4, yeah, Vixen 5. Yeah, they can carry any weight of anything. He flies around in a pickup truck that is pulled by the reindeer. And I guess this is this is all just like part of the curse. It's or, all or part of the deal or whatever. All part of his like, yeah, deal or curse that he... That he submitted himself to there's also this like little printer that showed up it's like when technology introduces itself he gets new trinkets his wishes up like his his deal updates yes like a software update he got this like mini printer on his bedside that spits out receipt tape if you ever see like um a bartender and like the waiters are putting in orders and the little receipt tape thing pops up Mm -hmm. it's like every time someone has like sinned he gets yeah. a little notification that's like, 
Tommy Tom, spit on his teacher. Yeah, Tommy in Tucson spit on his teacher. And then he's got this magical memory. I know I'm just like ranting on this thing, but it was just so wild. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, his his but but the, yeah, they do say his memory is magic, and he can remember everything about every person that spit gets spit out in this receipt tape. But the crux of the story, all, everything we go through leading up to that point, brings you to uh, someone stealing. That little receipt tape spitter. Right. And killing all the people on the naughty list. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Santa Claus is like, fuck it. It's all right with me. I don't really care. Mm -hmm. I I just want to escape this curse of a life and I can't kill myself. They had some scenes where he was trying to commit suicide. I would love to die. And I was like, oh, my God. And then he like, Groundhog's Day, just like wakes up in the morning (laughs) the next day. Uh, But... um. He's he's driven to find this murderer because the murderer ends up killing innocent women and children that are part of human trafficking. Right. So the the naughty list killer is trying to kill the people who are human trafficking, but just takes out the whole the whole thing, the whole lot. Yeah. It's just like easier to sink the entire ship than it is to pick off to the, pick off who's the bad guy or the not. bad guy. Um, and that's where Santa Claus draws a fucking line in the sand. No children and no dames. That's the rule. Now, n- normally when we talk about a comic book, they're more open discussions and we don't just fully monologue <laughs> the plot. But this one was so wild. But it was just so wild that I was like, I've got to just like m- word vomit like all the things that happened. Um and kind of wild in the best way possible. It was like a I'll say I enjoyed it. It was the tonality of it like kind of worked. Mm-hmm. It it like it started kind of tonally serious and then as it went on and got more corny, I started to interpret the tonality of it a little different. It mm-hmm. wasn't like like if they would have started it and it was like so hyper serious. Right. And, oh yeah, yeah. And stayed like aggressively like hard nose like in a, a gritty tail um it would have been stupid when like a little receipt printer popped up. up on his bedside table you know what i mean but like throughout those little things where like the elves like getting high <laughs> and didn't he like flip off somebody like San- santa claus did yeah there's like there's like little things here and there where you're just like oh this is supposed to be fun mm-hmm. um and I think it holds your hand up until up until a point where, like, you gradually realize that it's not taking itself seriously, mm-hmm. which was kind of an interesting roller coaster or adventure to be on with it. Yeah, it's almost like the lead character was like John McClane from Die Hard, mm-hmm. and you're just like, "This is supposed it's to turn into an action movie, right?" Like, this yeah. is supposed to be like kind of satire. Yep. Like. A little absurd. It's not like a straight up like yuck yuck comic. Yeah. But like you you find yourself chuckling at like just the absurdity of it, mm-hmm. and you're like, there was a few times I had to like check the creator. I'm just like, is it is like Garth Ennis writing this book? <laughs> like this is nuts. Um, but like I'm kind of in for the whole ride of just like let's see where this fucking goes. Same. I it makes me think that one night some buddies were drinking. And we're like, <laughs> what if? What if Santa Claus had political views? 
and felt strongly about them. And over time was like, I'm going to pick a side. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of the thing. Like, because he's this. You think Santa Claus was supposed to be fair and balanced? <laughs> <laughs> nope. I, I think is this like immortal, unkillable God figure <laughs> that can like zoom around the world really quickly. Yeah. He's got a responsibility to. Stay out of other people's affairs. Stay out of other people's affairs. Oh, ho, ho, it's your decision, not mine. And I think this book poses the question, what if he stopped minding his own business? Being polite and started getting real. Started getting real, exactly. Yeah. The real world North Pole. Becky, you bitch. (laughs) Who ate all my avocado toast? Derek? It was funny, too, that he was like 600 years old, but also used a lot of modern references well wouldn't you though like if you like aged up with if you're immortal like you kind of like you know yes you're living on in the, the you're living in the moment yeah you take on the lingo of the day yeah so i mean an- another theme that reference like b arthur <laughs> <laughs> and i was which is funny because it's like okay that's a reference from like the 80s the 80s right yeah she was most famous in like late 80s early 90s probably mm-hmm it's just funny to go back, you know, 40, 40, 40 years, years for a four, sweet B. 30, Arthur joke. 30, 40 years, and that's like your threshold for references when you're immortal. Well, Hollywood's been doing it, so why can't Santa Claus? Hey, exactly right. Zinged him. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I, like, like you were saying, we did kind of word vomit this whole story, like the whole book from front to end, but like. Folks, pick it up. It is. It's like a recommend from me for so sure. So wild. Yeah, it, it might have started sounding like we were like making fun of it, or I don't but, think we were making fun of it. I think we were just chuckling at just like the just wildness of like yeah the the concept of the book. Yeah, and I think that's the the point the author was trying to make and the fun we were having with it. It's kind of so. like when you watch a good B movie mm-hmm. that you're just like, this is so wild. Like like Nicolas Cage is in Pig. Mm-hmm. You're like what. Am I watching and why am I loving every minute of it? Yes. Because of the way it started, my expectations were like guarded. Guarded. Exactly right. That's a great way to put it. And then they were well exceeded by the end of the book. Yeah. And so, we haven't even gotten into action yet. You know what I mean? I can only it was fucking all, imagine. It was all origin story and like that I mean that speaks to how good the book was to have like yeah. basically 30 pages of exposition <laughs> and, then and not like, even real fighting and then yet be like the next book's gonna be like the one where like stuff happens then guns get introduced <laughs> and it goes wild yeah well that's great um uh, sticking with the theme mm-hmm. another book about a person who is immortal and has to go on a killing spree uh-huh. I read blood soaked teeth by Christian Ward yes. And it was on Image Comics, bloodstained teeth. Sorry, I said blood soaked. And it is a, uh, it's described by Image Comics as a fast-paced hundred bullets style crime saga with fangs. Did you have you ever read Hundred Bullets? No. So the concept concept of Hundred Bullets is like a hitman is given a briefcase of one hundred unmarked bullets. Is this the a Sean Phillips? Ed Brubaker thing? It was Azarello, I think. Oh, okay. It was on Vertigo. Okay. And so, like, he can kill 100 people without being caught because the bullets are, like, unmarked. Okay. And so this is a story about this, like, vampire 
who has been going around biting other people for money to turn them into vampires. Like they pay him yes. to get turned into vampires. Yes, so they can become immortal and what have you. Okay, he provides a service. Yes. All right. And uh, the like the, the theme of the book is like the character is always saying being immortal isn't cheap. So he's doing this to keep up a certain lifestyle. Uh-huh. Um, and which is funny because I never really thought about that. Like, yeah, right. If you have to live forever, you have to have some kind of income. income. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the like vampire higher ups kind of s- suss out what he's doing. Yeah, and they basically are just like they want to keep the club a little more. Yes, tight. like they're yeah. like you're, you can't you're, buy your way in. You're you're messing up the bloodline. It's mm-hmm. too spread out, and so they give him, I think, like three weeks to go back and kill everyone he's been turning into vampires oh my God, okay. the last however That's long he's fun. been alive. Yeah. And so what the series is going to do is follow him tracing his steps and yep. trying to find out who he's turned into a vampire. I love it. And I think we're going to get stories of just like, you know, some people are going to be easier for him to kill because they turned out to be assholes yep. or they want to die. And then I'm sure we'll get those stories of people who are like actually done good things with immortality or yep. these new powers and so it's going to be like a real conflict of like yep do I kill this person like how, how do we go about this and so um I love Christian Ward he wrote Odyssey which we talked about a few weeks ago oh yeah that's right and he's been do he, he has some like amazing artwork as well um so uh I'm just really really pumped to see where this uh, story goes I got kind of burnt out on vampires I was just about to ask if you were a vampire fan which is a f- funny to me again just kind of like mm-hmm. the Santa Claus thing that there would be like oh, for the record I am a huge Santa Claus fan. I love Santa big, stuff. S- big SC guy over here <laughs> <laughs> but there are people who are just like vampire shit I'll try it yes like um so in the in the realm of monsters, vampires aren't my favorite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, but this isn't really about vampires. Okay. It's about, like, he's on a mission to save his own life. Yeah. And so he has to kill people who he's turned into vampires. Mm-hmm. And so I think- It's it, more of a fun angle for immortality than it is bingo. anything else. And yeah. that's what the, is, like, the fun angle of this. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm, you know- I did get burnt out on vampire shit the same way I got burnt out on like zombie stories. Yeah. It's just like you it's it got so saturated the market got so saturated with these stories. Nothing unique was like rising to the surface and it just kind of became this whole muddled like mess of the same story being told over and over again. Do you think it's like how people get like the first really good video game I played was a first person shooter and now I just chase first person shooters like a drug sure let's get comfortable it's the same thing like that right that it's just like i loved walking dead now just give me zombie thing after zombie thing after zombie thing right which you didn't fall in love with zombies you fell in love with robert kirkman and he's written way better stories yeah right it's just yeah i don't i don't know i've never met someone who was just like yeah i'm a zombie guy or like i'm a vampire guy like all i that's all the stuff i consume is vampire stuff and but that guy exists, right? I'm not crazy. No, they 100 exist. Okay. That's why Twilight exists. That's why Interview with a Vampire. Well, Twilight exists. exists because of like horny teenagers. Vampires are horny, my dude. <laughs> I think that works for anybody. 
I don't think Frankenstein's horny. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. Oh, we're not. We're not. We're not ranking the Universal monsters on horniness. Damn it. Guess we'll save that for the Patreon. Okay. When people say Universal monsters, <laughs> are they referring to Universal Studios? Yes, I am. They introduced. So that was the pop. The go. Sorry. Go ahead. With your thought. I, you probably you might know better than than, than yeah. I do, but I I guess they just like made films of these monsters early on, which kind of cemented them as like the types of mo- or like the yeah. archetypes of monsters. So those monsters existed in books, l- and, literature, yeah, and Universal created those iconic movies, uh-huh. and they became pop culture phenomena. Yeah, because it was in the height of black and white. Television, it was like the golden age of Hollywood. And so you had Invisible Man, Mummy, Frankenstein, Creature from the Black Lagoon, yeah. Werewolf. Like those were like the super popular. Uh, <laughs> it's funny to casually see you rip them off, Werewolf. <laughs> I love I love the universe. Mummy, Werewolf, mummy, Invisible uh, People. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no big deal. It's like, it's like I'm going through my grocery list there for a second. <laughs> Eggs, butter, milk. You just disassociate it and just keep going and going. <laughs> and then, like, they just, like, kind of weave themselves into other facets of pop culture. Like uh-huh. Abbott and Costello at one time probably hunted all of them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, you get Monster Squad and, like, okay. so on and so forth. I've heard people say Universal Monsters plenty of times, and I'm just like, are they universally known? Or is that <laughs> a cinema thing? Yeah. So, yes. Okay. Thank yes. you for the clarification. You're welcome. They're universally known and known to rock the <laughs> known to rock the microphone. In case you're wondering, great. What are we talking about? <laughs> the the fandom of yes monster mm-hmm. archetypes. Yeah. So yeah, there there are those that are just like, I'm a vampire guy through and through. <laughs> Not a huge big fan of Blade, but there's mech guys. One hundred percent. People will buy stuff because there's a mech. Yeah. We're I'm saying guys, but I, I'm meaning types of person. There's mech chicks. Yeah. As well. There's mech people. Yeah. And that's great, but I'm not one of them, is Same. what I'm trying to get at to, yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. And so this book is is my recommendation for the week. Oh, I'll say um, our own Budget King, kind of a kaiju guy. Big kaiju head. Yeah. That's a thing. Love for sure. Yeah. And like, that's it, great. Yeah. You could tell so many different types of stories so many ways and be either really good at writing or really bad at writing. Man, I'm just reemphasizing the thing I've said over and over again, but just kills me. Just because there's a big thing walking around a city <laughs> doesn't mean you should like automatically like it. Uh yeah, I think there's like a, a comfort to it. Sure. It's like the, you know, Linus's blanket uh-huh. theory of just like this calms me down. It just takes me back to a place when I was happy. Mm-hmm. That's why people still love Dragon Ball Z. Like, that show's kind of fucking hot garbage. But people <laughs> love it because they went home after school and just with their chocolate it. milk and watched yeah. Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. It's your safe place. Yeah. It, 100, yeah. That's just what conservatives have been screeching about. No more safe places. Get Dragon Ball <laughs> off TV. Let's scare these kids. Get over your fetish of being squished by a kaiju. <laughs> There's videos for that, my friend. I'll show you the site. Step on me. So two books that get recommendations from us. Yeah. Like, this was a great episode. I didn't read uh, Bloodstained Teeth, but... Um, Did you pre-order it? 
I know you do your I monthly did. pre-orders. I you, did pre-order it. You'll have a good time, my okay. friend. Fantastic. Um, I I read a little bit of the new Junior Junior, uh, and Zeb Wells. Oh, Spider Man. Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be a fun time. I think I, I'm upset that it's a new number one for ob- obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. It's because we just left Nick Spencer's run. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could have just kept the numbering, to be honest. Well, the really funny thing to me with the numbering here was that we're almost at like a big legacy la- numbering landmark. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why not just leave it for like, what is it, issue 700 is, or something like that is coming up really soon? Yeah, what So I was like, I was like, it's kind of bizarre that they stepped away from legacy numbering for, I think, issue two or three of this series is going to be number 700. <laughs> so stupid. That's what Thor just did for like uh, number 24, the the... Donny mm-hmm. Kate's Thor run that's happening right now is yeah. like 750 or some shit. Mm-hmm. Is that a mega sized one? Do you know? Uh, yeah. 750 is a big. No- uh, yes, but it's not a like a round one. I don't know if it's an anthology, like yeah. multiple Thor stories. Uh-huh. So it could be just something like crazy happens in there. Who knows? Well, they did, I think they did with Venom 100. They just did like a really long, mm-hmm. beefy bound. Like just story in the universe and the continuity of what we are reading right now, which yeah. is the I think the way it should be done. Right. And that was a great issue. Yeah, just because it was a, just an extra long issue of Venom. And especially when you think about what made like the old, like well, what made Spider Man three hundred great. It was like oh, they introduced a really cool new bad guy. Yeah. Um, and that fucking McFarlane cover. God damn it. And yeah, the cover becomes iconic and it's associated with like. Something new and fun happening. Like, try to reserve those things for... But now it's like, we're introducing characters all the damn time mm-hmm. to create some buzz. Yeah. So. Your, your girl, uh, White Rabbit, has a lot of screen time in this new... Oh, very cool. I like White uh, Rabbit. Number one issue. So, mm-hmm. I think she's going to be a, a big player. Cool. Going forward. Nice. Did you catch up on Devil's Reign? I still have an issue to, or two to read. Okay. Because there's some moments in the new Spider-Man where I'm just oh, like, holy like shit, they of... tied into Devil's Reign All already. Right, cool. This is awesome. Nice. So uh, read with care. Read, okay. Read Devil's Reign first before okay, we'll you do. Cool. do Spider-Man. All right. Good tip. Um, but that's all I got for this episode. Ditto. Uh, join us over on the Patreon and other social medias. Thanks again, Boulevard, for supporting us. Yeah. Until next time. Bye-bye. First Issue Club is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company via Space Camper Cosmic IPA. Our music is courtesy of the fine folks at Primary Color Music. You can find, friend, and follow us on social media at First Issue Club or firstissueclub.com. You can support First Issue Club by joining us on our Patreon for additional content at patreon.com slash firstissueclub.